0: Have you ever wondered what happened to Lance Von Erich? Find out in his book, Lance by Chance, Wrestling as a Von Erich. You'll read stories about Chris Adams, Ric Flair, and Billy Jack Haynes. And of course, the Von Erich family themselves. Get your book today on Amazon.
1: Tracy Smothers, Harley Race, Tim Storm, Bushwhacker Luke, Bobby Fullman. The, the Pro, Pro Wrestling Vault, Volume, volume one. 1. Bill Dundee, Mix Hernandez, C.W. Anderson, Ricky Morton, Sir Moe, and many others share their stories of determination, triumph, and, and sorrow. Get your book today at Russellville.com or at Amazon.com. Russellville, Russellville. it's wrestling, wrestling.
2: Hi, it's Casey here, your mother of chaos. And if you're not listening to me, you will know. You have to listen to Vinnie Berry and the Wrestleville Podcast. Get subscribing.
1: You're listening
0: to the Wrestleville Podcast. I'm your host, Vinnie Berry. And today's guest is Casey, professional wrestler of 11 years from Belfast City, Northern Ireland. How are you doing today, Casey?
2: I'm doing really, really well. Thank you for having
0: me on. <laughs> you are welcome. Thank you so much. For for my audience that may not be familiar with you, um, tell us a little bit about your career. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you've been doing in, in the years of that you've dedicated to professional wrestling.
2: Well, uh, for those who don't know me, I am Casey, formerly known as Casey Owens of the Owens Twins. Um, I now go with the moniker of Mother of Chaos, and I am one half of the most dominant female tag team in the UK, the She-Wolves, with my fellow partner, Molly Spartan. Um, you correctly said I've been wrestling professionally for 11 years. We did some backyarding for a few years before that, but we don't talk about it. <laughs> um, I think a... If- Pretty successful so far. A couple of trips to Japan and things like that. A few titles held here and there, and then we're doing some silly stuff as well with a lot of death matches. So fun times.
0: <laughs> you know when you when you look at your career, when you you know you're you're at this point in your career, and you look back at the eleven years that you put in it. You know, are you happy with it? I mean, are you like, man, it's going? You know. Because with what I'm doing, too, you know, I want everything to happen, you know, well, it's not happening fast enough, and I should be here already. But then when I get to a milestone, right, I'm, I'm five years of doing this Russellville has been around for five years. And I look back, and well, wow, for five years, you've done pretty good. But as I'm trudging through it, I think, you know, yeah, I should be doing more, I should be further along. Do you feel like that?
2: Yeah, like like with anything, really, like if you're so focused on it, you don't realize actually how much that you've done or how much you've accomplished in that um, length of time. When I look back and realize, wow, like I've had so many opportunities that most people don't really get, like going to J- out to Japan for three months the first time, going back out for a tag team tournament because the promoter was over for a show in, in Spain and saw me and uh, Leah. There and wanted us out for this tag team tournament, and then getting to wrestle people like Io Shirai and Karyojo Ojo and uh, Mayu Iwatani and things like that. And then thinking to myself, like, wow, I've done Japan, like, I've done pretty much most of Europe, like, and I've, I've had a pretty good time in the UK as well. It's just like, I really want to get to the States. <laughs> and it just seems like that little bit that that's the thing that keeps getting away from me, keeps getting away from me is the States. But it'll happen one day because. Like everything everything comes if you just keep working at it. It's like, don't wait for them to come to you, you go get it. And I think that's what really helped me at the beginning of my career, whenever I went to Japan in 2013, because there was a lot of stuff going on in my life and I went, screw it, I'm away, (laughs) bye-bye. So I, I took myself off and went out there and it was one of the best decisions I ever made. It really, really, really worked. And then I moved from Belfast to Glasgow in Scotland And um, I've been here ever since, working with some of the biggest companies in the UK and having some great opportunities from that, having um, tryouts for the WWE twice, um, debut on NXT UK and having a few matches there. And just like when I really do think about it, it's like, you know what, if everything, if this had to end tomorrow, I'd be quite, I'd, I'd be quite happy.
0: You know, talk about that first, that first trip to Japan. A lot of people don't get to Japan. And no. uh, and then some people don't even return. So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So you know, I have a I have a friend that's gone to Japan uh, eight times, and he says, you know, the crowd is yep. it's a tough crowd.
2: It is a tough crowd. It is tough. like it's not like it's the whole thing with the whole gaijin coming in. It's it's very much like they don't want to take away from their workers, but they still want to help you. And they still want to appreciate that what you've done. So there's a lot of people that do get a lot of success out there. Uh, for instance, like T- Tony Storm, she had great success out there um, as a gaijin and things like that. Uh, a few of my friends, Shane Haste and um, people like that, um, Hartley Jackson, who's in um, Zero One and stuff like that. They've spent pretty much their entire careers in Japan. Um, if I was to get an invite to go out to Japan tomorrow, bye, I'm gone. I love that place. It, like, if I could move there tomorrow, I would. It, it's just a totally different culture. Uh, it's just, it felt like home when I was there. Like, the first few weeks when I was there from first tour, when I was there for three months, it was like, oh, wow, huge culture shock. And then when it came to the end of the three months, I didn't want to leave. <laughs> it was just that good. I was
0: like, I don't want to go. <laughs> well, what were some of the things that you you liked about it you know outside of wrestling what was the culture like uh, unreal
2: like yes you've got your your busy your your city areas which seem very very gray and stuff like that but like when when you're out in the countryside you, you find these wee hidden pockets of oasis is like in the middle of cities like, you know, like the same way as um You've got Central Park in the middle of New York. It's like that sort of way you find these little, like, quiet, like, temples and stuff like that. It's amazing. The people are just, they can't do enough for you. And um, they're so accommodating. Like, as long as you, <laughs> there's like unwritten rules in Japan about how you should do certain things. Like, you're not allowed to eat on the street. And, like, if you're on a train, you need to be quiet. Like, if you're going to have a conversation, it's whisper and um, no, no loud music and things like that. But once you learn that sort of lifestyle, it becomes second nature. And whenever I came home the first time, I was like, "Wow, the West is so noisy." <laughs> it's like I can't deal with this anymore. Um, but it's just like I just loved it. It, it. it felt like a second home.
0: I might, I might have a have a couple issues of fitting in over there. I'm <laughs> I'm, a little, I'm a little outspoken and I'm kind of loud and. Uh... <laughs> a little demanding
2: so I, but you learn very quickly
0: <laughs> so the uh, we were talking about the wrestling said that the uh, fans were a uh, tough a tough crowd explain that to the listeners of what 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 we mean by that
2: yeah, so, like, in the in the West, like, the you can get them very, very loud. They get, like, they like to be involved in the show and things like that. And it's great for us because we feed off that energy. Whereas in Japan, because they're being so respectful, they will pretty much sit in silence and just, like, clap whenever it's appropriate or give their appropriate reactions when things happen. So a lot of stuff in Japanese wrestling is all about emotion, like, emotion that you can emit rather than, like you know what they say about like psychology and things like that like it is there but it's not as prevalent as you would find in like westernized, like talent telling stories um but it's starting to change that little bit whenever i was there in 2016 for the tag tournament that's what they were talking about then is like we want to make matches more like stories and i was like well that's what we do in the west so that's what that's, that's what we kind of like that's what we like to do you've got your good you, you've got your bad and then it's like the fight fight for that and let you tell your story through that. And but with the with the fans, they are they're just so respectful and they're so appreciative of of the fact you put your bodies on the line so much that they don't want to be seen to be taking your limelight. And I think it's just pretty much that way. And a lot of people over here seem to be adopting that. And I'm like, please I need you to like give me the energy, feed me that energy. Like give like go with the pops, like get get give me what I need.
0: Well my friend he was explaining to me that you know the fans look at it like a sport and if if you can't wrestle
1: mm-hmm. and they can
0: find out real quick that if you can wrestle yep. or not. He said the worst thing that could ever happen is if the audience starts laughing.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless you're a comedy wrestler like Chris wolf was. Right, right, right. Right. If there's a laugh in the crowd, you have lost them like that is it. They won't they, it's not they won't book you again, but they'll you'll You'll find your bookings reduced <laughs>
0: right, right. Yeah. you know, you had the opportunity uh, to wrestle uh, heroka, should I? what was what was that experience like? What is she like as a person? What is she like at a wrestler? And what was she like when you wrestled her? What was it two thousand
2: and thirteen? Two thousand and thirteen? Yeah, it was like I think at the time we were both roughly about the same amount of time into our careers, really. And she started off um, as an actress, like on TV and stuff like that beforehand before getting into wrestling. So she already had the sort of character stuff down. Um, It was just the wrestling that she needed to get down. And Because we were both roughly on the same sort of level, we were helping each other at training and like helping each other with how we put matches together. And I remember when we wrestled each other in a singles match and we came back and she was just like, wow, like I'm like just the way that we put it together, it's like, I'm not even tired, like I'm not sore, but they really loved it. And I was like, yeah, because I didn't have to batter you. <laughs> like I didn't, like, but there's ways of doing it to make it look evil. Like I remember um, we were in training and Sarah Risa was there and uh, she lifted me up on her shoulders. And because I gave her that wee, that wee bit of help and made myself light for her, they were like, like, how much do you weigh? And I was like this, and you're like, are you sure? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. It's just, it's just certain ways, like because they take it so much as a sport, a lot of it is like they they know how to do things safely, but it's very much like yeah, it's still very very competitive. Um, so you find when you lift somebody, there's just that little bit of resistance. Um, but whenever I like I hopped up on her shoulders, it was like nothing to them, and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Um. So, but uh, Shida is, She's so such a lovely, lovely person. She has so much time for anybody that's there. She has very, very good English. Whenever I was there in twenty thirteen, she's only just got better of that, uh, which then kind of made um like acclimatizing and getting used to the life in Japan a lot easier then. And same with the training and things like that. And it was just like I owe her a lot, um, for helping me so much on that first tour. And um, like, she did a lot without realizing she did so much. And um, because it, like the way that they would put matches together was very different to how I, I was doing it whenever I first started. So that gave me an insight into how, all oh, right, okay, I see. I see how you do this now and why your matches finish the way that they do or start the way that they do because you're doing it this, this, this or that way. Um, so she really helped with that. And the same as Fujimoto, like had great matches with her, uh, Skushi, um this is where i'm trying to remember all their names but there were so many of them (laughs) um but it was it was was great it was good to have her there because she was able to translate and help with me when i was putting other matches together with girls who had no english at all or like we were talking about a lot of the girls there were like 13 14 15 and they were still in school so (laughs) it's that way they only could get there on show days to put these matches together, and we had to put it together in a way we made it easy for them to understand where I was coming from. Um, so it was very, very big learning curve.
0: How beneficial is it, do you think, that traveling to another country, you know, is for? You know, I, I was talking to a wrestler one time. He very, very young. He maybe a few years in the business. Had the opportunity to wrestle cowboy bob orton jr Mm -hmm. right and he said after that match my footwork got better
2: yeah it's like literally if you have a chance to go anywhere and train at any training school do it like you can have your loyalty to your training school and your trainer that you started off with but that's how they wrestle that's how they train like whenever i was training with machine one half of the kings of the north uh whenever i first started professionally um I was, I was training with him for two years and then I started going to camps at different schools because they either had somebody there or like I wanted to train with. So we went down to Dublin and trained with Fergal Devitt, trained with Scotty Tuhari and things like that, Rhino. And then I was like, right, OK, so WAW in London is having a all girls training weekend with Soraya Knight. So I'm like, I'm going to that because Soraya Knight was a big name for the women's wrestling over here. So I was like, I'm going to go to that. And then shortly after that is when I went to Japan. And I think the best thing I, I can say to any up and coming wrestler or any wrestler in the business at the minute is be a sponge and learn as much as you can. Because at the end of the day, the day that you think you know everything, quit. Because this, this business changes like in the blink of an eye. I was training with Dave Taylor, Um uh, Old world of sport, um, uh, British wrestler, um, last week, and he said the same thing. It's like this business is completely different from whatever I was doing it in the seventies and eighties. Um, but everything that I do is what WB are looking for now. Is like the realism and mm. um, like that you're wrestling, so wrestle like that. That's what they want. It's like all these high spots I mean no, make no sense to people. I mean, they're very athletic. And very very impressive looking and they're going with the whole um like superhero idea but if you don't have your mat work and your and your wrestling work perfect then like you said with the the, the fans in japan they'll know that right away so it's, it's like work work as much as you can the basics i mean 11 years in and i still go to training every week two or three times a week just to stay on top to make sure i'm, I'm right I'm right with everything and I'm coming back from injury as well so like I need to make sure I've been off for three four months now so I need to make sure like tomorrow I've got a match tomorrow with um, Emerson Jane a girl that I love to wrestle and I could like wrestle her like blindfolded like we know each other that well. (laughs) Um, but I still take myself to training and try and stay on top of it because I don't want to fall behind because like I said this business changes in the blink of an eye and you need to be on top as much as you can.
0: Right, and if the promoter is going to put wrestling on the marquee, you have to have wrestling in the ring, right?
2: Exactly. It's wrestling. At the end of the day, it's pro wrestling. Like it's the main thing's wrestling.
0: <laughs> what a concept! Like,
2: yeah, right. <laughs> like whenever I first started training with Machine after doing the backyard wrestling, and then Machine um, opened up his training school, like our basis for our warm up um, was MMA. So. They would literally just grab you and you would wrestle for like 15, 20 minutes. Just like hold for hold, 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 and just see what you could do. And i tell you, that was a great warm up. <laughs> and then you go, right, okay, this is how you work this. This is how you do this. This is how you could do that. And it just expanded out from that. So it's like, this is where this originated from. But then it became fancy. <laughs> so that's where I basically just go with that.
0: Well, I want to talk to you a little bit about the what the women's wrestling scene is like over there in the UK, you know, over here in the United States, it is, you know, I would say over the last 15 years, it's mushroomed and blown up oh, yeah. to this huge, huge thing that, 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 that women can stand on their own now. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like that when I started watching wrestling, when I was 14 oh, no. years old.
2: Yeah, oh no. Like, like it's only really over the last, maybe 10, like you said, 10, 15 years that it's really taken off properly. All right, Nico. Sorry, it's my dog. <laughs> um, and uh, same with the UK. Like, whenever I I, I debuted at Pro Eve in 2012, um, that was the first time, so I know, second time that um, Dan Reed was able to get, like, Emi Sakura and a few of the other girls over um from jwp and um so that was like my first taste of oh wow japanese wrestling yes (laughs) and um from then i mean it was it was popular but like all women's promotions were really not a thing but dan reed has created this like haven for girls like he's an amazing promoter he understands how to build storylines and help build the girls confidence because over the years like there would be the one women's match on the card, and it'd be the same two people you've seen all over the country and that sort of thing but over like there we have a all women's show coming up on the 28th of um this month the 28th of april with a promotion tnt wrestling and it's all women's show and there's a a rumble on it and there's 30 women and it just shows you like there are women everywhere and this is what like we're bringing a lot more of them into icw and like i have said about eve like they're they they run uh the first saturday of every month uh they do their live streaming on youtube and they currently at the next show they are going to have maxi and peeler on um and a few others um but max was one of these people that i had fought for and i'm like Please bring them in. Please bring them in. They are like, they're they're meant for Eve. Like, and Dan's like, okay, and he was like, I'll bring them in because it, it's gonna help and build and build and build and build. And he's just like, I can't thank Dan enough for everything that he's done for me over the years, and because he's given me opportunities that I know, financially, I wouldn't have got anywhere else. And um, he has had me. Um, we we have a tournament every year called the She Won. And it's four matches over two days. And it crowns the ACB who has an opportunity to go either after the tag championships or the um, EVE championship. And it's a hard weekend. It's a slog because everybody goes in fighting for that, for, for that um, chance to become ACB. And because of these shows, I was, I've wrestled command. Olshoy, I've wrestled Mercedes Martinez, Tony Storm, like all these different names. And because of that, my my wrestling ability is just shot through the roof. Like, like he understands. Like, because he knows that there's there's not many opportunities for girls elsewhere really to really hone their skills or get better. That's what he wants. He'll put in green girls with really, really experienced girls, or girls who've got a bit of experience who just need that little bit more. They'll put. It'll do that as well. He, like, he he helps them figure out characters, promo work, everything. It's like eve is where people like girls here it's kind of like shimmer in the states before shimmer closed that sort of idea it gives them the platform and like if you ever get the chance to like like uh have we watch on the on the 23rd of april for um eve on on youtube because you get the first half of the show as well so you'll see you'll see a few girls on that
0: yeah excellent i'll definitely have to check that out You know, Thunder Rosa here in the United States is...
2: I love her. <laughs> I wrestled her in Japan. She's amazing. Oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah, I wrestled her in, in uh, the tag tournament. It was uh, me, uh, Leah Santana Garrett versus her, Holly Dead and Chris Wolf. Okay. And it was so much fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, You know, you were saying that you hadn't yet wrestled in the United States, but you have had the opportunity to wrestle some American wrestlers. Oh, yeah
1: yeah
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah elsewhere like like i said, like at eve and that sort of thing like i've uh caitlin diamond i've wrestled i've wrestled oh wow i'm trying to think all these names now <laughs> when you're saying it earlier about like all these opportunities it's like it's crazy i'm like when you look back on my, on when i look back on my career like all these people i've wrestled i'm like wow <laughs> like b Priestley as well like i've wrestled b Priestley, kaylee ray uh Viper who's like Piper Niven no she's not she's do drop now how many names is she gonna have <laughs> yeah so like like and thanks to oh Kay- uh, I, I, I say this pretty much every podcast that I do but it's thanks to Kaylee and uh Drop that I am where I am today because they were so honest with their feedback they they would help me a lot in training and stuff like that so without them
0: like I wouldn't be where I am now you've had the opportunity to wrestle with uh, WWE NXT UK. Yep. yep. What was that experience like? And that was in 2019, correct? I believe
2: so. I think that was the the debut versus jenny um, in Blackpool. Um, that was surreal that day. Um, the week before, I was in work, and I get an email through saying, "Are you available next weekend? Um, there's tapings in Blackpool. We would like you to be there." And I was like, "My boss, Jill." Jill? like she goes what it's like I'm not going to be here next week and <laughs> she's like why it's like WB you've called <laughs> and she was like all right okay we'll sort that out um and so I was there um uh, we were there from 12 p.m that was the call time and uh, I found out I was wrestling Ginny and I was like great we can get this put together but every, you've got certain times and um, like everything's slotted in for people to practice stuff and things like that um And then I realised, I was there the night before watching TakeOver, the NXT UK TakeOver. And then Triple H came out at the very end of the taping, and I was like, oh, God, he's here as well. (laughs) He had left the next day. (laughs) So I was like, okay. But Sean was still there. Um, Albert was still there. Uh, Oh, there's so many people. (laughs) Um, And for me and Ginny, our um, producer was Robbie Brookside. Um so we put our match together went through with him and he's like right okay so you've got six minutes roughly four minutes of wrestling so like let's get this put together I was like, okay so that blew my mind first of all because I'm used to people going yeah you got eight to twelve do what you want and he's like no you've got four to six realistically four because your entrances and exits you take that off so you've got this amount of time work with that okay so put your match together and um, we'll write it out and then the refs with their earpieces are constantly talking to you. So that gave me a, 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 a like a big wake-up call. So, like, okay, so if I forget anything, they're right there. That's <laughs> that's great. Um, but I had the match, it was great, made a wee bit of a slip up in it. Um, if you were there live, you would not you would know what I meant. <laughs> By the way that they cut it, it looked good. Um, but afterwards I was a wee bit upset because like I've screwed up in front of Robbie Brookside, Johnny Moss, Johnny Saint. Shawn Michaels like I've screwed up and I was like I've ruined my chance here like what's happened and um, so I got backstage ended up crying Kaylee Ray came up to me gave me a big hug he's like why are you why are you crying that was great and I was like I, I screwed up this bit or this bit and she's like Kelly you made Jenning look great and that was what your job was so shut, shut up. <laughs> and then at, at that same moment time, this hand comes across and grabs me by the arm. He pulls me to um, what was Triple H's office the night before. It's Robbie Brookside. And he pulls me in and he goes, right, stop this crying nonsense. And he was like, what was your job tonight? And I was like, to put Jenny over, and make Ginny look good. He's like, and did you do that? And I was like, I don't know, did I? And he was like, you did. And it was probably one of the best matches I've seen Ginny have at this point in time. And I was like oh okay and then he goes right go speak to Sean I was like Michael's <laughs> and uh he was and he was like yeah go speak to Sean go get your feedback I'm like oh crap so I'm standing in front of Sean shaking and he was like thank you so much for that you made Jimmy look good you did your job and I was like oh wow so huge learning curve working for the people that I really want to work for hoping that I've done a, done a good job and then uh later on 29 oh it was no, I think I think twenty eighteen was Jenny. 8, twenty nineteen was whenever we did the shows in Brayheads in Scotland. And then they called me back to do a couple of matches there. I wrestled Nina Samuels and then I wrestled Kayleigh Ray the second night. Um so I must have done something right <laughs> if they brought me back. And then the world went on fire in 2020. <laughs> so we'll have to see if anything comes from that.
0: <laughs> do you think though, even after all the years that you've been doing this, then you you get put in this position, which is, you know, important. Yeah. You want to do well, but you still put that pressure on yourself, right? I mean-
2: All the time. I'm the worst for it. I am so bad for it. <laughs> I'm like, I need to do it for them. It's like, no, Kelly, do it for yourself. <laughs> like, do it for you. Like, you're, you're the reason that you got here and you got here for for those reasons that you, that they've seen you at the you end. So just do what you do. I it's like, yeah, differences. They're watching live. Yeah. <laughs> I can send them all the matches that I want them to see, but they're watching me live. I cannot screw this up.
0: <laughs> right. I have a friend of mine. Sometimes I'll I'll get I'll get nervous about what we're about to do. I was like, oh man, I'm I'm nervous. And he goes, do yeah. Vinny, man, do Vinny.
2: <laughs> yeah, literally, it's like it's like it's not Kelly going out there. It's Casey. So right. like, get get Casey out there, and you'll be fine. I'm like. Okay, Casey's a lot more confident than Kelly. That's fine.
0: <laughs> you know, tell us about what what's the uh, the scene at where you're where you're living and where you're wrestling. Is it is it thriving? Is it you know?
2: Well, it's coming back up um, because of like COVID and that sort of thing. I work for um, Insane Championship Wrestling, and they're on the network, so we we were able to do closed door tapings throughout the lockdowns and throughout covid so it was all it was all very 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 strict like mass covid tests like you had to do your covid test the day before to make sure that you didn't have anything and then you had to send it through the head office and then they would go right okay you can come in you've got a block in this time um all the girls come in for this this is who's wrestling who this is what we need blah 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 um but now that everything's starting to open up again um like it's just it's starting the ball's starting to roll again you can feel the rumble Coming back, um, like over the last few weeks, uh, had a show last week. Uh, there was a show last Saturday that Mother Half was on. Um, this week is, we've got the girder show tomorrow with Sky Zuhadi. The following week, I've got Pro Wrestling Eve on the Saturday. Then there's ICW Bard on the Sunday, which is their first show back in their original um venue. Because of us doing the closed door tapings, we've been using our training school to do tapings and it's very clinical in there and and it just doesn't feel the same as being in the garage doing our usual tapings and um it's just so good like the same with TNT coming back the first shows that I did back actually was um like live shows in front of a crowd it was TNT um in July uh, of last year last year last year yes (laughs) and um that was a hell of a weekend. Like what a way to come back! And um, the Friday, the Friday night was the first ever all women's deathmatch tournament in the UK, and then the next night was another all women's show, and um, Sirens Fury. And then they had another show on the Sunday, but I had ICW on Sunday, so I was back up from Manchester to to Glasgow, and um, for that. So what a way to come back! um to live shows at that time, and it's just it's just gone on from strength to strength. It's, it, you can feel you can feel the buzz coming back and it's great
0: <laughs> yeah we can feel that in the states too matter of fact i'm uh i've got a show i'm going to next week here in my in my area and it, they've already um they've already announced that they're you know that they've sold so many tickets or they've they're near sellout and so you know yeah. it, it's it's like people are ready to kind of yeah. You know, yeah. you can see on the highway, you get the stores and people are yeah. kind of coming back. In you know, you get this sense of of I guess normality. Yeah, normality. <laughs> that you know, boy, I'm sure glad that pandemic's over. But then when you turn on the news, it's like,
2: oh, there's <laughs> another there's another virus. <laughs> like, what's going on? Like when you said, like uh, about the show selling out, like the show that we had last Saturday was for British Championship Wrestling. And it was their first show back after the entire pandemic. Wow. Now, I remember there's other companies that have been running since 20, uh, 2021, but they're like, no, we're just gonna hold off and we'll see. And they had 552 people in the audience. And that was without any imports. It was just all homegrown talent. Oh, wow. It was uh, it shows you that people are ready for it to come back.
0: Absolutely. And-
2: and it's like we need it back. It was that it was that little escape that we all had. Like even for us as wrestlers, it was our escape from our, from our normal lives. Like me working Monday to Friday every week. Like where's my weekends? <laughs> I wanna go, I wanna go back into work on Monday sore.
0: <laughs> I, I tell my wife all the time. I said, "Hey, it's time for a wrestling fix."
2: Yeah, we need it. <laughs> like once you're in it, you you need it.
0: Yeah. So, uh, th- tell the uh, the fans in the audience uh, where you wrestle and where they can find you at on social media, or in there if there's any any maybe channels that you might be on where we can find some of your work, Casey. Yeah,
2: so I am Casey Owens. Well, Casey slash Owens. <laughs> um, I'm based in Glasgow, Scotland. I. As you heard it throughout this podcast, if you're taking notes, thanks. Um, if not, uh, I work primarily in Scotland for Insane Championship Wrestling, which you can catch on the network every Saturday night. Um, and uh, like I work throughout the UK, so you can find me at really pretty much any promotion in the UK. Um, hoping to get back out, in, hoping to get out to America and back out to Japan at some point once they're all all those borders open up again. Um, and if you're looking at me on social media. This is where I always get mixed up. One of them's Casey Owens five. I think that's my Twitter. Casey Owens eleven is uh, is my Instagram. I think, and I'm also on Patreon. And um, like, never ask me this like, where you can find me on social media because I always forget which ones which. One's is Casey Owens five. One's Casey Owens eleven, and I've got a Patreon as well, which has um, exclusive photo shoots, um, gym uh, like workouts, uh, join me at the gym like days and things like that. Um, like there's, there's a section pretty much if you want to just have a chat, like we can we can work on a time for a Zoom call or something like that. On, and there's the the main, the first tier, which is how's everybody doing today? Just a wee check in to see how everybody's feeling. So have a look at that. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. Well, I've really enjoyed uh, talking to you today. Really enjoyed you coming on and and really learned a lot about, you know, well, more about you, of course, in your career, but what it's like in your part of the world and it's very interesting yep. stuff
2: to <laughs> see what i was saying to you earlier i'm irish so I'll, I'll just like i'll talk for days so you have to cut me off at some point <laughs>
0: well, it makes my job easier because i don't have to say a whole lot
2: <laughs> no but thank, thank you thank you so much for having me on and i hope like listeners like listen listen to this man's podcast they're great do it
0: <laughs> thank you thank you very much <laughs> all right we will be talking to you soon thank you so much and uh, you're welcome back anytime
2: oh i hope so (laughs) maybe on with molly spartan
0: (laughs) that would be great (laughs) you're listening to the Russellville podcast where wrestling lives ever wondered what happened to lance von Erich? find out in his book lance by chance wrestling as a von eric you'll read stories about chris adams rick flair and billy jack haynes and of course the von Erich family themselves get your book today on amazon
1: tracy smothers harley race tim storm bushwhacker luke bobby Fool. The, the Pro Wrestling, wrestling Book, Volume, volume one. 1. Bill Dundee, Supermex Hernandez, C.W. Anderson, Ricky Morton, Sir Moe, and many others share their stories of determination, triumph, and, and sorrow. Get your book today at Russellville.com or at amazon.com. Russellville, Russellville. It's it's wrestling, wrestling.